Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. I am Jay Madison, along with our one and only the astounding i've used that word to describe you before what's a different word i can use for you today Uh, let's not go there (laughs) well sitting across from me is our co-host the one and only ron robbins how you doing ron i'm doing good jay how are you i am doing fantastic it has been a a busy couple of weeks we haven't been back on the uh, air here for a couple weeks uh, you've been uh, outstanding in your field that's correct it's harvest season uh got started a little bit late but uh we're in full swing here now and uh so lots of activity out on the farm and the weather i don't know if this is indian summer but we'll take it fantastic you yeah. can't beat this weather holy cow well uh, folks uh, just to let you know ron and i are going to be talking about uh the uh, Jefferson County Food Resiliency Grant programs, which are open right now, so we're going to go over those here in just a moment. We're also going to be talking about uh, harvest highway safety, harvest time highway safety, because we've uh, unfortunately seen a few issues here in uh, northern New York, at least. And then also talking about the federal budget or the lack thereof and how that impacts agriculture uh, because it's looking like uh, yeah, maybe not going to happen in right, time to right. meet the deadline. So uh, we got a lot of great topics to talk about, but first we wanted to uh, just go over the, uh, the grant program, uh, the Jefferson County uh, Food Resiliency Grant Program. We're doing round two. We just announced that uh, about a month ago now. And farms and food processors can apply. We actually have two different sections to it. One is similar to what we did last year. We have $100,000 available to uh, food processors doing value-added, local value-added processing. And those projects can be to purchase equipment, to increase your productivity, to increase the amount of local foods uh, that you produce. You can apply for up to $20,000 through that program. Uh, You do have to provide a 10% match of your own funds uh, as part of the project. So, for example, if your project was $20,000, you would have to provide $2,000 of your own money to uh, meet that funding requirement. So, uh, But it's a really great program. Uh, We had 26 projects last year. Uh, Really great projects, uh, some really good things happen with it. The other part of the Food Resiliency Grant Program right now is a new one. It's called Ag Production. And what we're trying to do through that is to fund increased productivity on our farms. Uh, You know, for example, if you need some better cattle handling equipment for your beef operation, you potentially could apply to obtain funding for that. Or let's say you need a, uh, a piece of harvesting equipment for some kind of vegetable or fruit uh, that you grow. Uh, you could ap- potentially apply for funding for that. And again, it's $20,000. You do need to re- uh, you know, provide that 10% match. 
uh, you need to go to www.agricultureevents.com. That's agricultureevents.com to find out more information. It is a competitive grant program, and the deadline, I think, is in December. So probably better get on those. Don't wait until the last minute because you might miss out. So that's the Jefferson County Food Resiliency Grant Program. You can always give me a call at 315-782-5865, extension 232, for more information. Phew, that was a mouthful, right? Yeah, you know, and it's uh, this whole thing, Jay, is a really, really great program that you guys are putting forth here. Had a lot of success in round one. Hopefully have a lot of success here in round two. And you know, as we uh, we go to the grocery store and we see prices just continually oh, going up, jeepers. and we see middle class, working class Americans struggling to make ends meet, um, being able to uh, grow our local food supply, I think, is really critical. Yeah, it it absolutely is, and that's why uh, the Jefferson County Board of Legislators provided the funding source for this. Is we saw during the pandemic how uh, um, what a what a uh, a fine line we have. I'm looking for the right words we have as far as running into a disaster with the availability of food. Yeah, we're uh, you know we've became a just in time society. Um, you know everything basically. Nobody wants anything extra, yeah. no matter what they sell. And food really has been one of those things that you know, has been magnified by the fact that we have this just-in-time delivery system and having surpluses sitting around has become unacceptable. However, when there's any kind of disruption... There's uh, a problem. There's a big problem really fast. Yeah, and we did run into that during yes. the pandemic. And, you know, we can easily... It wouldn't, wouldn't take much, no matter what here, the way the world is set up right now, to... Uh, to see that happen any again at any time. Yeah. So our agency, Jefferson County Economic Development, is working in partnership with the Cornell Cooperative Extension of Jefferson County. Like I said, through that funding that the Jefferson County Board of Legislators supplied um, to try to help improve the availability of local foods to Jefferson County in the North Country. The other thing, the other reason we're doing this is our hope is is that by seeding these local food producing businesses that some of them might take off and grow into bigger food producing businesses and thus grow our our entire economy through that so not only are we trying to you know enhance that locally produced food supply but we're also trying to provide seed money that grows our local food businesses and hopefully they become bigger better whatever in the future through this seed money so uh we'll see what happens it uh, round one went really well and if you're interested you need to get on it folks because round two is now open great now, how I, do, I sort of skipped over, We you mentioned the harvest season and how that's been going. Uh, what have you been seeing so far, Ron? Well, certainly uh, harvest got a late start. Um, we did not have the kind of growing season that we might have expected this year. Um, we had a cool August. Mm-hmm. We had smoke 
uh, yeah, that limited the, the amount of sunshine. Uh, we we were very dry early, uh, so we've we've kind of had a you know a, a mixed bag of weather, uh, which all those factors ended up delaying crop maturity. Uh, however, we got into September here, and lo and behold, I don't know if this is Indian summer or uh, <laughs> good crazy. luck, but uh, we've had two and a half weeks here of just picture perfect sunshine. There's a huge high pressure that's just sitting there and uh, just blocking everything from coming our direction. And uh, any storms uh, that have developed have, you know, been pushed around us here. Yeah. So uh, harvest, while it got a late start, uh, field conditions are perfect. They're dry. Uh, so farmers are really busy. It's a really good crop uh, this year. So, uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have that bounty of harvesting a uh, you know, maybe one of the best crops we've ever had in mm. the region. Wow. We're just a couple of weeks behind, uh, but the weather's cooperating. Not a lot of mud to deal with, so that helps when it comes to getting equipment on and off the highways and in and out of the farmyards. Um, so that's a plus. And uh, the big thing is, is just uh, getting the message out there that there's a lot of activity on the roads. And if people well, can just be patient. Yeah, I was just going to say, you mentioned, you know, equipment on and off the roads. And that's the big thing is, you know, uh, the general public has to understand that when you are traveling the rural highways and byways, you or in the villages for that matter, you could encounter large farm equipment, and it is slow moving. You can be doing 55. They may only be able to do 30. Yeah, or 20. Or 20. So understand that you're coming up on a, a piece of equipment, and you're coming up very faster than you realize on that piece of equipment. So the minute you see it, starts slowing down. Don't wait until you're right up to it to, to get on the binders. Slow down when you see the equipment out ahead of you. And you know, plan for needing to have a little patience. You're going to get where you need to go. That couple minutes that you lose it might save your life. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better to be a few minutes late than never get there. Yeah. And, you know, most of the farms, including ourselves, we, we run strobe lights, um, you know, on trucks and farm equipment uh, when they're on the highway. Um, you know, if we need to, we run an escort with a strobe. Um, so if you see those flashing lights, you know, it means slow down. Right. You know, it's, you're going to come up on, like you said, you're going to come up on that very quick. We had an incident two weeks ago with a truck making a left turn off New York State Route 3, just west of Watertown. And he saw a car coming. He had his signal on. He was waiting for oncoming traffic to make a left turn. And uh, lo and behold, the guy didn't see him, stopped, and ended up in the ditch, clipped the telephone pole, Jeez. luckily didn't get hurt, ripped the rear axle out of the guy's car, or pickup truck, I guess it was, and, you know, just could have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see that every year. Uh, yeah. Just the, the, number one, not paying attention, and number two, being impatient with the situation. The farm equipment has a right to be on the road just like you do. And 
do not expect them to move over to the side of the road for you because guess what? The minute they start to do that, they become liable for whatever situation is created. So they're going to stay on the road. They're going to continue to go where they need to go. You need to be safe behind them and then pick an appropriate place to pass legally where you can see way down the road and not get yourself in a problem. Uh, Be patient. Take your time. Like we said, better to be a few minutes late than never get there. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our extension agent, Mike Hunter, did a nice piece with Channel 7 earlier this week. He actually was out on our farm when he recorded it, and uh, I think that's up on their website as well. So, uh, Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to snag that and send it out over my network yeah. then. Yeah. I, I think I knew the story was being done, um, and that they were getting in touch with Mike. I, I don't know. You get so many calls from the press yeah, anymore yeah. on a lot of different issues that it's yeah. like. But they did a they did a good job of that. Good, very good. Well, I'll see if I can grab that then. Um, so, Ron, the big topic of the week has been the potential uh, federal shutdown. The government is at the precipice of having to shut down because of the lack of. Um, a budget being passed by Congress. So we're ending the fiscal year. Of course, I, you know, I got to question you, Jay, here. Now, I thought the biggest issue was the dress code for John (laughs) Fetterman. (laughs) They got that done. Yeah, they got it done. Twice. (laughs) Twice. I mean, that was so important, you know, that that we address, you know, that we, number one, the first thing they did was try to, Relax. Well, to to make sure that Senator Fetterman felt comfortable. Yeah. So they changed the dress code so that he could wear his hoodie and shorts into the halls of Congress while he's presiding over meetings, which is totally ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <sighs> but boy. anyways, anyways. But now we we got it switched back. Yeah, thanks to Joe Manchin and a couple others, I guess. Right now we are back to having decorum in the Senate, which chamber. we should. Yeah, but it's amazing to me that they got that done. But yeah. we don't have a budget yet. No, so we're ending the fiscal year here, September thirtieth. You have a federal uh, budget. Um, the fiscal year ends for the government. And it appears, unless somebody pulls a rabbit out of their hat, they're going to need to do it quick. Yeah, that uh, we're recording this on Friday, September 29th. Yeah, so, so tomorrow night at eleven fifty nine is yeah, it's over. It's over. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, this impacts a lot. Um, and on the food side and the ag side, it really impacts people Uh, and i'm wondering how many people realize that because you know in in the press you hear about mostly the military which is a huge concern Mm -hmm. absolutely not not diminishing that at all um you know that the you know uh soldiers and so on won't get paid that's the big thing you hear and certainly that is critical uh but people i don't think realize how this starts to impact our food systems so you have the WIC program, the SNAP program, those are women, infant, children, you know, programs for uh, nutrition. All those, all those programs stop. So do you know, can, you know, for example, I, I forget how they do it now, but 
if they have those benefits, either I think it's on a credit card now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And if they go to the store, can they use those cards right now? I would say that uh, no. That From might what be a problem. Secretary of Ag was on the news basically saying it would all stop. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty significant. That, that could be a lot of people that start to get hungry. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people, especially during these inflationary times, that are really They're depending. hungry anyways. Yeah. And they're depending on yeah. these programs. So, you know, we've got that um, on the ag side, on the production ag side. All the government reports uh, would stop. Uh, so, for instance, you have the World Supply Demand report in early October that looks at world supply and demand of commodities, grains, uh, dairy. Um, all those would stop, and that's that's a real impact. That's how basically our price, that's how the price market really functions based on what government reports are saying is going on around the world. So basically you're flying blind when it comes to price discovery hmm. for commodities and for things like dairy and grains and, and energies and all those kinds of things. So, so how does that ripple then? Okay. If, if those reports aren't done because the government people that normally would do them aren't there, how does that ripple through then? What's the process of that? So, for instance, say, uh, you know, we just had a bunch of export sales announced here in the last couple of weeks. Okay. So we'll get into October. Uh, we know that we've got production issues around the world right now. Right. So it's everybody's been focusing on these, for instance, these world supply demand reports. You know, what... Where's grains moving? Who's buying it? What are we producing? What What's being reported from other countries around the world? If we don't have that kind of information, you kind of kick the can down the road, right? So everybody kind of goes along, you know, nothing really happens. There's no good price signals sent to producers. You get January, early 2024, all of a sudden you realize, hey, we're out of something. Hmm. Um, so that's, you know, in a... In a vulnerable situation like we're in right now in the world when it comes to food, um, we can't afford those kind of things to be put on the sideline. So for the public that might be listening to this podcast at the moment, it's it's not just about things that you might think don't impact you directly with this federal shutdown if it happens. Um, it, it does... It has the potential to impact you not only, you know, next week if we're shut down. Right, months. But it can have a, a, a long-term impact on food prices and mm -hmm. availability. Right. So it is a lot more significant than people might realize. It yeah. is about your, your family, your wallet, and how much money you have available to you. Yeah, and really, people need to be calling the offices of their congressional uh, elected officials here and saying, we want a federal budget. I mean, get it done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, both sides of the aisle here are to blame. Um, you know, we just, uh, you know, yes, we have a ballooning uh, spending in the federal government and, 
you know, that probably needs to be brought in check, but, you know, it's just... Shutting things down is not, not the answer. The answer. No. Yeah. No. And my understanding from a lot of the reports I've seen, um, there are a few, very few, four or five uh, members of the House of Representatives, Republicans, and they seem to be holding everything up over nothing. Yes. That's what they're saying. This is the nothing shutdown. Yeah. Because these few individuals um, have an ax to bear with potentially the Speaker of the House. Yeah, that's, with leadership. That's yeah. my understanding. Yeah. And, and they're grandstanding. Yeah. You know, yep. they want some media attention. and uh, I give them attention. Yeah, me too. I have a size 13 <laughs> foot. Yeah. And, and they need it right attention. square in their backside. They would get that attention. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that ultimately for the inability to our elected officials to get the good, honest work done that they were put there to do, uh, we, the people, ultimately suffer. Yeah. I mean, and, and especially in this case, if these few individuals are grandstanding, uh, the fact that they're willing to make millions of people suffer yeah. because of their grandstanding, they should never be put back in the Right, office. right. I mean, that's just horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So that's where we are, Jay. It's uh, it's an interesting time. And... Um, Never had a shortage of uh, of things to deal with on the political side. It appears no, well, it's and you see that on both sides of the aisle. It's yeah. um, you know it's unfortunate, but it does happen from both sides of the aisle. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, cooler heads will prevail, and they'll get the budget passed, and we'll be able to avoid this. But man, the clock is running. And maybe up. we should have a GoFundMe for Senator Fetterman to buy him a suit and tie. Yeah. And some... <laughs> he had one on. I oh, saw okay. Report. He's got one. Yeah, he does have one. <laughs> he had it on. He actually looked pretty good in it, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the issue is, but <laughs> Senator Fetterman, you looked good, man. Yeah, Keep you looked sharp, man. <laughs> you don't look as good in your, your hoodie and your shorts. Not in the halls of Congress. We didn't elect you for that, buddy. Oh, well. So man, I, oh, man. I don't get to wear those in my office. <laughs> no. So why should you? Jeez, you know, I'm not sure I would go out in public, period, walk, look dressed like that. So <laughs> well, I, I look can't. bad enough as it is. I. <laughs> I can't say that I don't wear a hoodie and shorts every once in a while, but not to the office. Yeah, no. They, 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 there's certain people who would have a conversation with me. <laughs> well, what do you think, sir? Did we cover everything? We did. All we did. right. Well, I think we did a good job and uh, appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and uh, listening and make sure you come back. Sorry for time. the two-week hiatus here. We'll try it's to get back on the schedule. It's just the way it works. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the way uh, it works. Schedules haven't been lining up here to... Uh, do this and uh we'll uh of course as we come into fall uh and head towards winter uh we'll be jay and i'll be watching the weather closely (laughs) like usual yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's one thing we always do yeah but uh no thank you very much uh stay safe out there folks uh uh, go out and get your pumpkins from a local farm buy local whenever you can and uh enjoy this beautiful fall and we'll be back next time right here on jay madison's rural america thank you for tuning in to jay madison's rural america Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. 
For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.